God, we give you thanks for, for today. And uh, thank you, Father, for what you're doing in 2022. God, I ask you just to open our hearts. I pray that we would be open just to receive uh, your word today and to go with what you're saying in the hour. In Jesus' name, amen. So I've had uh, what we're talking about this month in my spirit for like three months, <laughs> two months. I've had it on. I've known what we we're going to do in January for quite some time. And um, I, I've spent, spent time praying, spent time studying. And there's, this is something I really believe will set precedent for us for the, for the whole year, actually. Uh, this, this week and the next two weeks particularly, um, I think are some of the most significant talks that we've had as a group ever. Um, I, we should really, really just kind of listen to this. I'm gonna, all, all three of these will, will go podcast. I encourage you to listen to it again because this is, this is a direction that we're going and it's something for you. So the Lord spoke to me um, and really just began to emphasize to teach on seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest, um, you know, there was a generation before us that taught this really well. And I think it became such a familiar passage that it almost skipped a generation. You know, a, a lot of my, my generation, I'm 36, a lot of my generation, we kind of, uh, we are, our, our fathers and our parents, they taught on seed time and harvest well because you had people like Kenneth Hagin and Oral Roberts and a lot of word of faith movements and a lot of, uh, a lot of people taught seed time and harvest very, very well. And then it kind of disappeared for a long time. And so the reason why it's so important is because we have to get unhooked from this realm and get connected to the realm of the kingdom of heaven. And, you know, unfortunately, because there's been abuses uh, on this topic, a lot of people have been kind of turned off from it. A lot of people have been turned away. But for those that have really grabbed a hold of it, this is more than just a, a belief system, but there is a genuine revelation from God on, on seed time and harvest. And once you get a hold of it, it will completely change your life. Where Kayla and I are at today, it, uh, financially, we can attribute directly to seed time and harvest. When we left um, um, uh, our home in, in Brownwood, we were deep into our careers. We were climbing the, the corporate ladders, if you would. Uh, Kayla was on her way to be a principal. Our kids were in front. We were, we were set really, really well. And so when we left to come to Juarez, we kind of hit the reset button. We just kind of, you know, the, the, the stuff you study for, the college or whatever, we, we quit it all. We left. We got into it. Pretty well is going towards that American dream. But then we just jumped ship and went to Mexico. You know, uh, that's, why I, that's why I have a camaraderie with Matthew and Shalia because they just left and came. And that's what we did. And so there's, and I guess Erica, not to look at you, you did that too. Good job. Woo! Everyone's called to go with my meal, so be released. Um, but what, what I want to say, though, is we, we went from having a lot to having, having nothing. And then after about a year in New Mexico, we went from having nothing to owing a lot. Um, our first year in Mexico was just covered by the grace of the Lord. We had support. We had mission support. We had donors. Our second year in New Mexico... Our support was disappearing. It was, it was drying up. Um, we tried to start a business. I immediately lost $20,000 trying to start a business. I mean, just completely went the wrong direction. Um, destroyed our, our credit history. We destroyed our, like, the perfect numbers and stuff. Like, we just, we destroyed it all in a matter of months. Trying to do something in the arm of the flesh. 
The Lord had been showing us throughout our time in Mexico a principle of sowing and reaping, but we hadn't started applying it yet. And, uh, you know, we were always faithful tithers. We grew up in the church. We, we, we just have been taught to tithe. I, I don't know a time in my life where we didn't tithe. So we just we have always done it. It's kind of built in there. But what changed our life wasn't just tithing. It was sowing and reaping and understanding the seasons of seed time and harvest. I remember when uh, we went to go visit Tapestries for Life, which is an orphanage uh, way east. Um, yeah, way east El Paso. We went to go visit it, and there we met the admissions director um, for, for the orphanage. And while we were with him, he was showing us around the base. And then all of a sudden, he pulls out his wallet. He says, guys, I know we're look, looking at stuff right now, but I, I just feel like i got to do this. He pulls out, and he gives to me and Kayla every dollar he had. He gave, me, he gave us change. He gave us pesos. He gave us, it, it wasn't a lot of money. It was like 80 bucks. But to us, that was a lot of money at that time. He didn't know that we were in such need. We really didn't have much. We, at that point, we were living in the, in the Northeast, but we still, we, were, we didn't have much. Imelda probably remembers my, my silver Camry that got uh, rammed by a witch. And we used toe straps to hold the, uh, the trunk down. Do you remember those yellow toe straps? <laughs> so, so there was a time when everyone came to our house and my car was held together with toe straps. You know, like the crank ones. And, and I remember Daniel, other people come to the house, and like, Adrian, it's, it's time to get a new car. I'm like, I, I know, I know. But we, we didn't have the ability, we didn't have the means to get a new car. We, we, were, we were just making ends meet. Well, we went out, and uh, we went to that, that place, the mission director, he just felt like I didn't do that. And we watched him plant the seed. And that, it meant so much to me 80 bucks was a lot of money, but it meant so much to me that he, he gave everything he had on his person. Just a few weeks later, we went to Abundant, because on that time we were just having church on Saturdays. So on Sundays, we would often take our kids to kids' church at Abundant. And so we went to Abundant, and uh, while we're there, we see this missions director walking around that morning. Like, hey, that's that guy that gave us the, the money at the base. We're like, that's kind of cool. We saw him, and he was dressed nice, and, you know, he, you know, he, he looked good. We go into the service, and Pastor Charles <coughs> says, we have a very, something very special we want to do today. And he calls up the guy that gave us the 80 bucks. He calls him up onto the stage, which if you know, there's a couple thousand people there, you know, in attendance. Calls him up on stage. He says, we want to honor this man and what he's doing in the ministry. And as a church, we want to sow $30,000 into his ministry. And they sowed it. And he went on his way, happy and merry. You know, $30,000 more equipped to do the things of the kingdom. You know, to everyone else in that building, they just saw Abundant was generous and had a generous heart and sowed into someone's life. That's what they saw. But me and Kayla got to see something different. We didn't just see the harvest. We saw the seed that was planted. God was speaking to us. You've got to get a hold of this. <clears throat> he gave everything he had. And it came back into his life, $30,000. We, we started thinking, man, there is something to this. There's, there's, something, there's got to be Bible behind it, and we're going to get into the verses and stuff. But there's a revelation here that I think comes better by stories of, of experience of what we've, 
what we've seen. When we started um, uh, last year, we started sewing. We touched 14 different ministers. And I think that was counting like the husband and the wife. <laughs> you know, like, like one, we got two for one. We started sewing last year. And, you know, uh, Anne helps us with, with, with our books. You know, when we're going to look back and see what's happened over a year, it is ridiculous, like, how much has come in. Like, we've doubled. At least we had to have doubled at, at financial ministry, even though we're still, like, a handful of people. But it's completely supernatural. It is the handprint of God on something that says, I'm your provider. I'm the one. And so there is a message here that I want to drive home about God being your source. So this is something I, I found in sowing and reaping is that there was a missing element because sometimes people would sow and they would always reap or they would sow it. You know, we had mixed results. You know, one of the things uh, Abundant did when they called up the hospitals and they started paying off hospital bills, like millions of dollars of hospital bills. You know what that is? That's wisdom. That church just began to pay off people's medical bills. They're planting seed. It's wisdom. Wisdom from their leadership. They had just started that West Campus that's really huge. They began to sow, sow, sow. Everyone would think, oh, it's time to hold. And that holding was actually a foolish thing to do. Like, it was time to plant. What you're saying when you sow is, I am not the source. Even when you reap, you're saying, God is the source of my reaping. There is a rewiring we have to get. I go see other missionaries. A lot of them are just full-time. They're, they're deeper in Mexico. And they're really living by faith off of getting donations or the Lord supernaturally providing for them. Or they go speak somewhere. And there is a, uh, for people that are serving in ministry, even part-time, which is pretty much all of us here. You know, part-time, there is a thing of entitlement that says, give to me or sow to me or you should be sowing into my life. And what that means is you take the mentality and you're saying people are your source. But that's not true. God wants to rewire us. And it begins with the understanding and a revelation that God is our source. That when we got that $80 from that man, that he was not the source of that $80. But God was the source of that $80. When that man went and he reaped a $30,000 harvest... Abundant was not the source. God was the source. Abundant was the medium. Abundant was the, the instrument that got used. But we have to get a hold of this because there are things that are going to happen in 2022 that you need to be plugged into heaven. That we do not need to be set on this economy. We do not need to be set on this system. If you're set on this system and this system shakes, then you start to shake. And so it's vital that you unplug from it and plug into heaven because when you're plugged into heaven and this system starts to shake it won't phase you it, when when the covid restrictions started happening and there are people that are losing their jobs and, and i've got friends that are that are extremely anxious about this that was the difference is their heart was still in the system i've taken my heart out of the system and i, I keep it out of the system by staying sewing and so one of the things we did this year, um, and, and you all know, we prayed, we sowed Christmas bonuses into ministers. We did it last year, and we did it again this year. 
Sending out, but why would you do that? When we just spent like all of our church money on buying land, basically walked our accounts to zero, why would you give what you have left? This is the wisdom of sowing and reaping. It's the way God works. It's the way of the kingdom. It's saying, you know what? There's no way I'm going to build a half million dollar building on, you know, an extra thousand or two thousand dollars a month saving that. Like if I save two thousand dollars a month, I'm not going to, that doesn't equal me buying a half million dollar building. And so I thought the best thing to do is to take this. If this doesn't look like abundant provision from the Lord, if this doesn't look like the fruit, then that means it's the seed. And we sowed it. And within like 30 days, we've had four major offerings come into our church that has far exceeded those seeds. This is what we practice. Like we are, we are, We're living it. We're, this is something we're doing. I'm not giving you theory. I'm telling you past testimonies that we, we now have a piece of property and we have as much or more in our accounts now than before we ever bought the stuff. You know, before we went after the property. Like the Lord, like this is the way the kingdom works. Sowing and reaping is, you know, if you sow to the flesh, the Bible says that you reap corruption. But if you sow to the spirit, you reap life. God wants to, you, you to grow in this. Learning the way of this. Matthew 13 says, you know, and teaching about the parable of the sower. It says, if you can understand this, you can understand all parables. God wants us to have a revelation on this topic. And so God is our source. So I want to open this up in Genesis chapter 22. And so we're going to read a story. And our emphasis here is that God is our source. We got to rewire. We got to unplug. We have to see that when we're believing for something, God is the source of it. We have to see that when we sow something, that God is the source of it. Learning to have joy in the planting. Learning how to have joy in the reaping. I heard Oral Roberts uh, tell a story uh, while you're turning to Genesis 22. Um, he was telling a story. And he used to do major healing crusades, right? Healing lines. He's laying hands on people. laying hands on people. And a lady came up to him. And uh, she's like, I really need you to pray for me. Like, I need healing in my body. He's like, I'm done. I've, already, I've prayed for everyone. Like, I'm I'm finished. Like, I, I can't keep going. You know, I need to stop now. And uh, the lady's like, you got to pray for me. You got to pray, pray for me. And finally, he just went, all right, be healed. And then he left her. Like, all right, be healed. And um, he went on his way. And he found out the woman got healed. Whenever he just kind of threw his hand at her, the news came back to him. And he said, God, what, what happened with that lady that I, I just kind of flippantly laid hands on her and she got healed. I said, I, I can't believe that happened. You know, she was so excited. And the Lord told him, you're not going to be, ex you're not excited whenever she heard the news that she was healed because you weren't excited whenever you, you prayed for her. It's like, if we don't learn how to be, to have joy in the giving, if we don't learn how to have joy in sowing, we won't learn how to have joy in the receiving either. It's truly more blessed to give than receive. It's more blessed to do this. I'm telling you, there's a blessing on the giving. I, I like talking on this topic. I do it about once a year for about, about a month. And honestly, during this time, we see supernatural stuff happen. It's like God says amen to it. It's like heaven says yes. 
You know, I, I, I would love to spend all morning and talk about character and talk about power and talk about the Holy Spirit. But honestly, it's really hard to focus on character and power in the Holy Spirit if you're drowning financially. When you're drowning financially, like, you're not thinking about how can I work on my character. You're not, you're not thinking about how can I step into the next realm of the anointing. You're thinking about how can I pay my bills? How can I plan for college? How can I, so-and-so needs a vehicle. Like, you're not thinking about this stuff. So this is foundational to get settled in our spirits so that we can have the provision that we need. Okay, Genesis chapter 2, verse, verse 1. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering uh, upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. Verse 3, And Abraham rose up early in the morning, and saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up, and went into the place which God had told him. Told him. Verse 4, Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes, and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his, unto his young man, Abide you here with the ass, and I, will, I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Verse 6, And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they, both, and they went, both of them, together. So God says, Come bring a sacrifice. Verse 7, And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father... And he said, here I am, my son. And he said, behold the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Listen to Abraham's response. This is it. Like, this is the message right here. And Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them, together. Right there, Abraham is saying, God is the source. You know, God is the source of our harvest. But right here, God is the source of your seed to plant. God is the source of your offering to give. He supplied that. The Bible says that he gives seed to the sower. It's all his. It's all his. Everything we have, it all belongs to him. You know, we'll only withhold what we believe belongs to us. But if we believe it all belongs to him, then it's so easy to give. It's so easy to give extravagantly. Old Robert says, the hole that you give through is the hole that you receive through. There's something about when you give in a certain measure, it, it's like it opens up something in the spirit. And that opening that you opened in your giving is the same opening that you receive from. So when I think about this, you know, do I want an opening that's this big or do I want an opening that's this big? It's in your sowing. It's in your giving. We, we started sowing and we gave that, that, that um, those Christmas bonuses, you know, those like, it was like $1,000 and $1,200. And, uh, you know, I began to start expecting, man, I expect God to show up. And we were gonna, I got an invite last second before we came home to go speak at a, at a group. And um, I was like, man, we gotta get on the road. It's a long drive back to El Paso. It's like eight hours. And the Lord said, Adrian, there's a harvest over there for you. And I thought, I gotta get on the road. The Lord 
Christ, is it hard? So I'm, I'm just like, you know, when you're wrestling with God. Okay, so I'm thinking, in my mind, I'm immediately thinking receiver mode, right? I go into this environment, and I'm thinking, uh, I left going thinking, someone's going to bless me, I guess. The Lord said, there's a harvest for you. And I got there, and it was, it was at the cross, at cross lines, and the Lord said, there's a harvest there. And on my way there, the Lord was saying to me, that harvest is, isn't for you, it's for them. And it was for Angie and for Peggy Joyce. Peggy Joyce, author of Psalm 91. I always said the, the harvest is for them. I want you to give Peggy Joyce, so from the church, sent her $1,000. And from Angie, sent her a Christmas bonus on a personal offering. Sent her $1,000. And so we went in. Remember, the hole that you give through is the hole that you receive through. I'm like, God, you said there's a harvest. I show up, you're saying to give. <laughs> And the Lord, the Lord wasn't letting me get in that place where I'm the receiver. He said, no, 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 you don't get to do that. You release a harvest. And so I showed up, we told testimonies, and we dropped harvest on people, and then we left. $500 harvest, a $5,000 harvest, a second $5,000 harvest, yesterday a third $5,000 harvest, and Kayla missed one. That same person is also committing to Kayla and I individually uh, on like, like a $200 a month just offering for, I think, a year. <laughs> you know what that is? That is a, God said there's a harvester, but it, it didn't look like I thought. He said, go sow. God needed me to go plant something so that we could receive something because we're building something supernatural out in the desert. We're believing for, for things that cost millions of dollars, things that cost hundreds of thousands of dollars, and it doesn't come by the arm of the flesh. It doesn't come by, uh, let's save a thousand here, let's save a couple thousand here. No, it comes by operating in the things of the kingdom. To take hold of something, to identify God is moving in someone else's life, and I'm going to sow into that. And God says, that's the way it works. That's the way the kingdom works. So God tell, uh, Abraham tells his son, God will provide me the offering. So I want to encourage you. You may be thinking, you don't have anything to sow, or I can't sow $1,000, or I can't sow it. God will provide you your offering, just like he provided Abraham seed to sow. God will provide you seed to sow. At the end of this month, we're going to, I would say throughout this month, if you want to, you, and you want to do this, we're going to send out a seed offering from this church to somewhere else. It's not going to be to us. It's not going to be to Antioch. It's not going to be to anything associated with Kaleo. We're just going to send it out to someone else. Because I, I need to teach this with the... I need you to know my heart's clean. Okay? That we're going to send this out somewhere else. We'll pray during the fast and we'll figure out where we're going to do it. But we're going to send it out. We're going to sow a seed offering. So I want to encourage you to pray about a seed to sow, to join us. And when you do that, you can write it on your envelope and just put... Just put C to offering and we'll know what it's for. And we'll put it all together and we'll send one check out, wherever we end up landing. But the point that we're doing here is this is about repentance. It's about changing the way you think. Because I'm telling you, if you will get a hold of this, this will completely change your life. We watched Gil and Marcella um, two years ago be down here and they had an old brown pickup. And there were some missionaries in need of a, in need of a vehicle here. They drove that vehicle over to them and they sowed that vehicle into their life. And it was like a year, less than a year later, 
they had someone, a, a, a friend of theirs passed away and their family said, hey, Gil and Marcella, we want you to go down to a Toyota dealership and we want you to pick out a, like a Toyota Highlander, I think it was a 2020 thing, and they completely bought it for them. So I'm talking to you about material things, but there is, if, you don't, if we don't prosper in these things, if we don't get a hold of it, it's gonna be, it can be really hard to, to grow and to advance. God wants you to, to grow in this stuff. Verse 9, and they came to the place where God told them of, and Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said to him, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. And he said, lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son thine only son for me. So Abraham did this out of revelation that God is his source. The, the angel said to him, I know that you fear God because you have not withheld. Withholding really comes from a lack of the fear of the Lord, of realizing that he's the source of all things. When we sow and we plant those things, you can expect God to bring a mighty return back into your life. Psalm 24, verse 1, the Amplified Classic, says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness of it, the world and all and they who dwell in it. And so that is recognizing that it all belongs to God. Look at verse 13. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked. Behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to that day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. You know what's interesting is Abraham got the revelation of Jehovah-Jireh after his obedience. That's the pattern of Scripture, as revelation comes after obedience. That's why in the Great Commission, Matthew 28, God, Jesus says, go into all the world and teach them to obey my commandments. Teach people. Help them. Step out. Come. That's what we're doing in, in this fast. That's what we're doing in the way we worship like we do. It's let's come together. Let's, let's walk a little closer with the Lord. Let's lay down a little bit more of ourselves. Let's take our fast up to a little bit more of a higher level. Let's learn to pray like this. Let's learn to sow. We have to get a hold of this thing because when you learn how to sow, you're putting your heart into the kingdom. Matthew 6, 21 says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. There is a part of your heart that if you don't learn how to sow, you're still withholding to yourself. You know, we, we, don't, we don't abuse this topic. You know, a lot, a lot of people drive this. This is like, and it's the livelihood of their ministry. It's, it's, it's all they do. I believe in it, and I, I would, like Kayla said, I would be doing it an injustice if we didn't talk about it. It would be wrong, and we'd be accountable for it as well. The guy that sowed into us yesterday, the, into us, the church, that $5,000, let me tell you, that guy thinks like this. He is creating an avenue, I sow. And you know what he's expecting? He's expecting a harvest into his church, and he will get one. I'm telling you, he, he, went, he went big, and he sowed big, and so he creates an opening for him to receive from, and God will flow back into him. He just said, he asked us one thing, he said, just you know, tell us what's going on. 
a little more often, you know, rather than the annual things. He just gives a report maybe quarterly or something like that. Because he want, he's trying to change his church. He wants his church to become missional. He wants his church to, uh, to become evangelistic. He's trying to inspire his church. And so they're, they're giving now from that. So he's believing for a harvest, and that harvest has changed lives for him. Um, let me keep moving. This is still Genesis chapter 22, verse 15. And the angel of the Lord called into Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son. I did, for some reason I picked the King James this morning, my gosh. Uh, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven and the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in thy seed all the nations of the earth be blessed. Because thou hast obeyed my voice. That is the harvest Abraham got. That is huge. The Bible calls him the father of the faith. Like he, What that means that we have that same kind of faith at Abraham. That it, it is in our DNA to believe like Abraham believed. It is in our DNA to believe God to provide us for seed. It is in our DNA to plant seed. And it is in our DNA to receive a harvest. Listen to verse 17 again. This is his harvest. That in blessing I will bless thee. The blessing here on that, that verse, that is not about finances. The blessing was the blessing of a Savior. That he would be delivered from sin. That he would have a, a, he would have a redeemer. That in blessing, he would be blessed indeed. That he would be saved. That his sin would be walked away. That he could have union with Christ. And in multiplying, I will multiply, multiply thy seed. What's that saying? I promise you family. You know, there's a wealth in family. Family is a wealth. It is a type of wealth. You know, I, I, I think I, I didn't, I've not appreciated it as much as I do now. That might that having a mother and father that love the Lord, having brothers, having sisters-in-laws, having aunts and cousins, and that there's a wealth that is family. And so this is part of your covenant promises, is to have that. I thank God, I've got aunts that are prophets, that I need to go, go pray, I can just sit with my aunt, and she'll just, you know, and pray. That is a wealth. That is a blessing of the Lord, but that is a promise here. It's not, I'm not talking, this is so much more than money. Uh, please don't get hung up on money. Like, realize that that is, your, your heart's connected to it. Okay? That in blessing, I'll bless thee, meaning I'm going to bring salvation to you. And multiplying, I'll multiply you. I will bring you family. You know, you know for those that are, are not married in the room, there's a promise for you to have family. It's for you. It's not hidden from you. It's reserved for you. And in multiplying, I'll multiply thy seed as the stars in heaven, and the sand, um, and as the sand which is on the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gates of his enemy. That's a promise for your kids. Your children shall possess the gates of your enemies. You know, in those days, and, in, and I think more the Asian cultures, they do it better now, where the children are prosperous and they go and they work and they send back funds or send back honor to their parents. So to hear your kids are going to be doing really well 
is a blessing for you. <laughs> that means you're going to be taken care of in your old age. And so God is saying, your kids are going to possess the gates. They're going to be victorious. They're going to do good. This is powerful. And, uh, and in thy seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Again, back to the blessing. This is talking about the, the, the nations of the earth will be blessed through the saving grace of Jesus. But it also means that we are all called to a global reach. It is in our DNA. Because thou hast obeyed my voice. Verse 19. So Abraham returned unto his young men, and they rose and went together to Beersheba, and Abraham dwelt at Beersheba. Verse 20. And it came to pass after these things that it was told to Abraham, saying, Behold Milcah, she has also born children unto thy brother Nahor. Now, this seems really out of place. If you're just reading through you know, your chronological Bible reading, and you read verse 21, Huz, his firstborn, and Buzz, his brother, Huz and Buzz, it sound like country folk to me, you know, and Kimuel, the father of Abraham, verse 22, and Chesed, and Hezo, and Pidash, and Jidlaf, and Bethuel, and Bethuel begat Rebekah. Anyway, you hear the, all the descendants of the brothers, right? It seems out of place. It seems like, weren't we just reading the story about Abraham? Weren't we just reading about Isaac and being on the altar? And Abraham believed God, and an angel showed up. Angel says, you're going to multiply. Abraham comes back. In the next verses, he got news about his brothers. His brothers became fruitful. Well, why was this good news? Nahor was the great-grandfather of Rachel and Leah. Those are the children who, who Jacob would marry. The promise, I will multiply your seed. This was good news. When Abraham came down the mountain, they said, your brother's wife is pregnant. That was good news. That means my, my children will have a wife. That's why it was good news. It was promising. And if you look down the, the, the lineage of that, Rachel and Leah and Jacob, they were, they were parents to the, to the patriarchs, to, to eight of the tribes of Israel. That was huge. That, the 12 tribes of Israel that like, what the 12 tribes of Israel? Like, this was huge. This was such a big deal. And so immediately he began to get harvest of family when he stepped out in faith. So why do we want to get this seed faith thing going? Why do we have to get a hold of this seed time and harvest? Because you're called to have family. You're called to believe God for things, to start operating in this realm of faith where you see God show up. It, it will break off barrenness. It will break off a lack of fruitfulness. You can break things open through your giving. It is a supernatural thing. You can bust something open through a, through a seed of faith. And that, that's why I'm telling you, that's why we're sowing it out, because I don't want you to think there's any, any mixed feelings here. I'm telling you, you can bust something open in the Spirit. You can open up something for your kids, believing for your kids to find the right wife. Hello? Yeah. I'm telling you, Father, I just take this seed right now, uh, 100 bucks, whatever, in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you that you said in multiplying, you will multiply me. God, you said in blessing, you will bless me. My children will be taught of the Lord and great will be their peace, Father. I sow this seed into your kingdom. And Father, I expect a harvest. My children will find the right wife. My children will find the right husband. You can, this, this is scripture. 
This is 100% scripture. You can totally do this and see fruitfulness come out of it. Uh, most of y'all know the story, but they couldn't. Uh, they, they were here. They were missionaries like Kayla and I were. They moved here a couple years ahead of us. They were missionaries. And they, they couldn't get pregnant. They tried the in vitro. They tried all the different things. You know, you spend a fortune trying to do all these different things. Couldn't get pregnant. It wasn't happening. He began to read that Robert Henderson book, Brian's reading, you know, about intercession and, and praying and pleading the blood of Jesus and stuff. But he knew, and you know, if you'll continue that book, uh, Brian, Robert Henderson talks about it, the power of your giving and what giving does in the spirit. That guy began to sow and sow. It was, it was odd to me at first when he was a little bit older than me, but he's about my age. And uh, he called me and wanted me to meet with him at Dunkin' Donuts. And we sat down and he said, I really feel like, you know, I'm believing for something for my wife to get pregnant. And, um, you know, I, want to, I started doing the side job. He was driving an Uber. He said, off, the, off that money I get from Uber, I really felt like I was supposed to, to tithe uh, to you and Kaylin. Well, he we said, sure, it's whatever's in your heart. How can, we, how can we believe with you for what you're believing for? You know, he shared his, he bared his soul that we, we really want children. And um, they began sowing. And right after they started sowing, she had not had a normal menstrual cycle in 15 years. And for the first time as an adult, she became regular. And she immediately got pregnant. No, that's what, that's what the seed time harvest does. Is it's like it fixes, in a spiritual sense, it fixes a cycle so that you can become fruitful. So that fruitfulness can come forward. She got touched. Her kid is it's like this big now. And every time I see her, I'm like, we watched that guy put this to work. It wasn't about me and Kayla. It was his faith. Because <laughs> remember, God's the source. God was the source of his seed, and God was the source of his miracle. This was all about his obedience. And when he was obedient, he got, he got breakthrough. And what do you believe in God for? You know, I can teach you about the covenant. We can talk about the blood. We can talk about the name of Jesus. We can talk about authority, the, the authority of the word. But there's this other tool, and it is the power of a seed offering. And you can bust something open. With a gift. Um, uh, even now, we're still reaping a harvest. Um, about three years ago, Kayla and I, we were watching a winter camp meeting from Rodney Hard Brown online. Had never met Gil and Marcel at that time. Um, and I was just watching it. We hadn't even started the church yet, actually. This had been like four years ago. Um, we were watching this winter camp meeting. We didn't have much. because we, we had been living in Mexico at that point. And I felt while we were watching this online camp meeting that we were to sow $200 into, into the ministry. Well, sheesh, this is Christmas. Look, this is tough. Like, this was not easy for us to do that. But we felt like this is this God's speaking. And so, in obedience, we gave online. You know, the bad thing about giving online, you know, no one's there and they kind of clap for you. Yeah, good job. Like, you know, there's no, like, reward of public giving. And we sowed, and our harvest came into our life. The harvest was Gil and Marcella. Their pastor had been linked up to Rodney Howard Brown's ministry. And through a lot of crazy events, 
brought Gilmar's soul into our life. Even now, if I go to see, go to, if I want to go to Rodney's meetings in, in, uh, in January, I have a free place to stay. Gilmar's soul's house. And uh, when I go to the meetings now, I say, hey, Adrian, let me get you this. And they'll get me like a special lanyard to bypass all the lines and then put me up front with the thing. Like, I'm still reaping the harvest from a $200 seed. Like that, what's interesting, when you plant a seed, it gives you a tree. And if you understand this, a tree doesn't give fruit once. It gives, tree, it gives fruit again and again and again. And that's what happens. First, they came into my life. And then they were able to bring me in closer proximity to be able to receive at their church. They're there now, connecting now. Then they're coming back, and they're still serving within the, the movement. Like, it's, it's a tree. They kept giving, I, told, I told the kids before yesterday, I said, guys, I really believe we have a $5,000 tree in our life. I believe, like, I just think it's going to keep coming, five, I, that thing of 5000 And then we began to expect it. Yeah, we're going to have $5,000 tree. And sure enough, bring New Year's Day. Hey, what? The next morning. The next morning. Maybe this sounds far-fetched, but numbers don't lie. <laughs> you know, high five, you know, you know. And so he calls and says, we want to stuff up. And so I want you to have a $5,000 tree in your life, is what I'm saying. I want you to have a, a $100 residual thing come into your life. Like, I want it for you. This is how you build wealth. This is how you build Build things in the kingdom. Can we bust our butt and work hard? Of course we can, and we should. But there is something about working it. When you start working this, it is supernatural. Were you going to say, do you want to say something, Bob? Yeah. Go ahead. You know, can you make a break? Yeah. That's really cool about a tree. Not only do you get fruit from it, but there's also seed in it. There's fruit and there's seed. This is, it, it hit me. I started to see it. It wasn't, I kept, in my mind, I used to think about a one-time harvest. And I thought, no, it's, it's going to keep giving. It doesn't stop giving. So what you need is a plant, many trees in your life. Yeah. And it will keep giving to you. Different things. Sometimes, it's, sometimes it is finances. Sometimes it's relationships. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's friends. When you start watering that source and taking care of it, it will produce for you. And bring something powerful in your life. Um... But we, we have to realize that, that God's the source of it all. If we ever get our eyes on men, if we ever get our eyes on things, if we ever get our eyes away from the commission, it's not going to work out well. Like, you'll, you'll miss it. you got to stay in blessing. I will bless thee. It's going to go to the ends of earth. It has to be about the gospel. We are, we are blessed to be a blessing. When God starts watching how you handle his stuff, you know, he begins to entrust you with it. And God will entrust you with more. So you want to get married to his vision. I want to use a couple of those stories. This is Luke chapter 1 verse 5. In the days... Oh, thank the Lord. This is New American. This is not King James. Uh, in the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah uh, of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron. And her name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren. They were both advanced in years. So what are we noticing? They had no child and Elizabeth was barren. No fruit. 
Okay, so this is God's people. So that is contrary to the covenant that God made with Abraham. And Galatians 3 says that we are children of Abraham. Those who are the faith are sons of Abraham. So she was having an experience contrary to what her covenant was. Okay, um, and they were both advanced in years. Now it happened. In other words, there wasn't a high likelihood that children would ever come at this point. It was beyond uh, a natural conception. Now it happened that while he was performing his priestly service before God in the appointed order of his division, according to the custom of his priestly office, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were in prayer outside at the hour of the incense offering. And an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the altar of increase. Zacharias was troubled when he saw the angel, and fear gripped him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias. For your petition has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will give him the name John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and will drink no wine or liquor, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb. Verse 16, and he will turn many of the sons of Israel back to the Lord their God. It is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the Father back to the children and the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous, so as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Listen to verse 18. Zechariah said to the angel, How will I know for certain? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. So here is the problem. How will I know for certain for I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. How will I do something natural if we are the source? That was the problem. Having your eyes on you is the problem. How will we build a rehab center and for drug addicts and for people in Albuquerque? Like, How will we do that? We can't look to ourselves. This was the error that was made. And so Gabriel says, the angels said to him, I'm Gabriel. <laughs> this, is kind of, this is kind of the, the obvious. He says, how's this going to happen? How about the giant archangel standing in front of you at the moment? Maybe that could play a role, you know? Hello, I'm Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. And I've been, I've been sent to speak to you and bring you good news. And behold, you shall be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place, because you do not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their proper time. So this is, this is crazy. Like, you have to think Gabriel is on assignment. Like, God has assignments. He sends his angels on assignments. He says, I need big angel, come. I need a message delivered to this man. You know, they're going to have uh, a son named John. And he doesn't believe it. And because he doesn't believe it, the Bible says he was made silent. This really matters. You can really screw up your harvest with your words. You can really stifle the supernatural movement with the way you talk. So much so that angels said, this, this assignment is too important. We need you just to zip it for just a little while. That's not going to work. We're going to turn that thing you got going there, turn it off. 
<laughs> so the, the problem, he was looking to himself and to his wife as the source of their fruitfulness. When you look to yourself, it only equals barrenness. When you say, I don't have seed, I have nothing to sow, you do have something to sow. Ask the Lord what to sow. The, big, I, the first big offering I ever gave, I must have been 16, and I was working hard doing construction, <coughs> and I was working, and we would save up to buy, I remember in high school, like, fossil watches were really cool. Does anyone wear a fossil watch anymore? No. But uh, I used to, anyway, it was kind of a thing. It was like docks, you know, like wearing dock martins. Like, you, you had to have your, your dogs, you had the fossil watch. So I was getting these, these linked watches, and they had the cool faces on them. You know, I worked hard to get this. And one day, my pastor was talking at church, and he talked about offering. I don't remember the message. And the plate came, and I felt like I was supposed to give God that watch. I'm like, what are they going to do with the watch? What gonna, what's the church going to do with the false watch? It's not like a Rolex. Like, you're not going to get much for it. But I thought this is, it mattered because I worked for it. My heart was on it. I want to say, give that to me. It represented work. It represented time. It represented image. It represented vanity. I said, give that to me. I remember taking off that watch when the plate came around, and it was one of those cheap offering plates that, you know, you put the change in and the whole church can hear the, the sound of plates. I remember putting that watch in that offering, and it went through the, it went, and then at the end of the service, the pastor saw it. What is this? You know, like, what are we going to do with this little fossil watch? And he told my dad, said, hey, give this back to Adrian. Um, tell him the Lord's going to bless him for this. And it, it came back to me. But it, it, it did something in my heart that I can remember the story so clearly now. Because I gave of myself to the Lord. It wasn't about some stupid watch. It was giving my heart to God. I get to know people really well. Like I practice generosity. Like I, I live a generous lifestyle. And so I watch people and how they handle generosity. Like I, I give to people. Usually early on in the relationship, when I meet someone, I just, I bless them. Early on, I just, God bless you. You're amazing. <coughs> Keep going. And I, I kind of watch what it does to them. Some people, it messes them up. It, it messes up the relationship. They, they can't handle blessing. It, it makes them weird. It makes them uncomfortable. Like, can you handle blessing? Well, what will happen if you're equipped with increase? If, you're, if, you're, if you can't handle to be equipped with natural riches, what will happen when the anointing comes? What happens when revival comes? What happens when a mantle gets put on your life? How are you going to handle those things? Will you steward it well? Watching those things. Those are early seeds in my life. I remember whenever I, um, I was a worship leader at that church, and the pastor told me, Adrian, I'm going to let you steward the worship fund. Which I was like 18 or 19. Like, Adrian, you can steward the worship fund. I said, okay. And so he put $1,000 in there for me to steward. So you're in charge, Adrian. I said, great. Well, I'm at home one night, and I was a TBN guy. Anyone watch TBN? I grew up watching TBN in my house. And we, were, we didn't have much money, so my mom would take VHS tapes and record TBN. And so we would have recorded TBN playing nonstop in our house, because we would have TV for a little while, you know, while we could afford it. We'd record hours of TBN, and then we would watch it over and over and over again. Well, I remember uh, Juanita Bynum was preaching. 
And she was preaching something or other, and she got in the seat to talk, you know, talking along these lines. I thought, yes, I believe this. I want to do it. So I rang up my pastor. I said, Brother Gilbert, um, I really, you know, you put me in charge over the worship fund. And uh, it's like, okay, yeah. So, so I, you know, I got something I want to do. Okay, Adrian, shoot, what do you want to do? I said, I want to take the $1,000 that you put me in charge of, and I want to sew it into, into Juanita Bynum's ministry. <laughs> and he was like, uh, no. <laughs> you know, he wouldn't let me do it. But I remember saying yes. I remember saying, God, I'll give you everything. I think he should have let me do it. But I remember saying yes. <clears throat> when you can say yes to those things, and God says, I need you to change locations, you can do that. Or God says, I need you to change jobs. I need you to change relationships. When you practice saying yes with this, Relationships get a lot easier. That this relationship's okay, this relationship is not okay. This choice, financial decision is good, this financial decision is not good. But it starts with learning how to deal with this stuff. It's just stuff. Once it doesn't, it, Jonathan Shellsworth, you know, he was talking, I heard him talking the other day, and he said, when, when everything means nothing to you, the Lord can give you everything. This stuff, it doesn't matter. It's, it's a material game. What matters is the blessing of the Lord. It is it's the gospel. What matters is going to the ends of the earth with the message of Jesus. What matters is building a house for the poor so that we can restore their dignity, see them set free from addictions, brought into their calling, and released on their divine assignment because that's the gospel. That's what matters in life. Those are the things that we can, that go on with us. Those are the treasures. Those are the, the true riches that go on in the, into the heavens. Abraham's obedience caused fruitfulness to come to others as he stepped out and did that. Um, Zacharias had to be made silent because of his perspective, because he thought he was the source. Look at Luke 1, verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in... He said to her, greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. And the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall, and, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. For that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. And she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So look at Mary's response. When the angel says, You're going to conceive supernaturally, she says, Okay, let it be done. 
I want to invite you to acknowledge God as your source today. Let Him bring you your seed. Let Him show you what your seed is. Acknowledge that He's the source of your seed and He is the source of your harvest. When you realize that, you realize that you're unplugging from this world. You're taking your affections off this. You're saying, God, you supplied that seed to me. And as sure as you supply that seed, you'll supply uh, my harvest. Um, verse 39. Now at this time, Mary arose and went in a hurry to the hill country, to the city of Judah, and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she cried out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what has been spoken to her by the Lord. The next verse, and Mary said, my soul exalts the Lord. What this produces in us, sowing and reaping, is a heart of worship. When you see God do something for you and you see God's fingerprints on your life, it produces worship in you. It produces thanksgiving. Thank you, God. I didn't deserve that. I, I don't deserve this, but you're the source. And because I recognize you supplied me with my seed and you supplied me with my harvest, be it a deliverance, be it a provision, be it a miracle, be it family or whatever I'm believing for, when I acknowledge him as the source and he brings that into your life, my soul exalts in the Lord. It's worship comes out of you. Worship comes out. And that's the way of the kingdom. It's, it's now God can bless you with whatever he needs to bless you with when you see him as the source. When you get routed right. When you think it's man, you, you'll cleave to it. But when you think it's the Lord, when you know it's the Lord, you cleave to the Lord. Let's, uh, let's stand for a minute. And uh, I just want to pray over us. Um, because I, I really... If we don't catch this part, the next two parts won't even matter. God is the source of our seed and our harvest. So next week we're going to talk about seed time and harvest and how the principle actually works. And then lastly, we're going to talk about expectancy and what creating, you know, what it means to say, I believe I have a $5,000 tree, how that works when you start expecting and how the flow of that works. But let's start with, with acknowledging the Lord as our source. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, uh, we just take this morning and we acknowledge you, God, that you are the source of everything we need, God. When the world says, why aren't you in a frantic? It's because we can say, you are my source. You are my supply. That we are not supplied by this world, but we are supplied by you. That we are connected into you, Father. God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would just bring a revelation right now into each of our hearts. In the name of Jesus, we just declare a revelation be released into our hearts. In Jesus' name. Let's just make this confession out together and just say, Lord Jesus, I confess you are my source. You are the source of my seed and you are the source of my harvest. You are my supply. 
You are my son. Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh. Just take a couple minutes and pray. Mahabrebe Kurema Sitiliandebe Sipramontoro de Boko Soto. Father, I just sow this word this morning, even in the hearts of your children. I just say, let it go deep now into the soil. Let it go deep into the soil. Let it go deep into the soil of our hearts, God. You are our source. You supply our, our families, God. You supply us with the, with the spouse that you're, we're supposed to have. You supply our children with provision. You supply our children with but the spouse that they would marry, Father God, and, and the children that they would have, Lord God. God, you said that, that our children will possess the gates, Lord Jesus, that in multiplying, you'll multiply us. We acknowledge you, Father. Come on, we just, we just turn it on to you, God. We plug into you, God. We unplug from this world. We unplug, we unplug, we unplug, we unplug. Unplug, 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 unplug. We unplug from this world, Father God, and we plug into you. You are our source. God, you are my supply. You are my provision. You are, you are everything we will ever need, God. In the name of Jesus, you are our supply, God. In Jesus' name, we just break out of striving that we're not going to strive for provision, we're not going to strive for relationships, we're not going to strive for family, we're not going to strive for, for things, for material things, we're not going to strive in ministry, we're not going to strive in, in doing this ranch, we're not going to strive in getting land for our church this year, we're just going to do things the kingdom way, in the name of Jesus God. Father, I thank you Lord, I just pray a blessing now, just over everyone here today God, I thank you God, you are their source, I pray that that, that everyone will see the open hand of God this year. God, a prophetic word that's gone forth that 2022 is the year of the open hand of the Lord. God, I pray for a demonstration to your children, God, that people will see the open hand of the Lord in their life. People will see the hand of provision that put the ram in the thicket, God. God, let us see the hand, Lord God, that, that causes the barren to become fruitful. Let us see the hand that causes relationships to become fruitful in the mighty name of Jesus, God, that when you promised uh, Abraham that he would have descendants, God, you immediately begin to raise up a wife, a bride for his children, God, that when you call us to multiply, when you call us to be blessed, you start to raise up a bride, Father God. I thank you, God, that even now that you're raising up a bride in this house, Lord God, that when you call us to be fruitful, you call a bride to come forth. God, I pray now, God, let a bride come forth out of Antioch. Let a bride come forth ready for you in the name of Jesus. As you come, Lord God, you begin to prepare us for you, Lord God. Prepare us now, God. Let us see the spirit of the matter, God. Let us not get tied up in the materialism of it, God. Let us not get hung up on the natural. But we pray, Father God, for a revelation of the bride to come forth now. In Jesus' name. God, you're our source. In Jesus' name. Amen.